to Break It to Make It, where we meet people who get us to challenge what we think that we know about the world around us, ourselves and others, where we meet people who have failed forwards, thrown out the rule book or taken the road less traveled to come out on top. Now, today's episode does come with a bit of a language warning, so discretion is advised. Change. Change is hard. And whether it's in your personal or your professional life, no matter how obvious it is to you and maybe even others that it needs to happen, there's something about us as humans that just has us clinging to our old life or the decisions that we've made before for dear life. And we get stuck in this rut and it's really hard for us to get out of it. There's something about it that no matter how bad it is for our hearts, our minds, or even people around us, we just sit. And while there's no cure-all for the adversity to change or any cure-all for how we could tackle it, recognize it, or make the change that we need, we can learn from others. And so that's exactly what we're going to do today. Today, we are here to meet a guest who found herself caught in the current of life and a, a chance trip to Seattle in 2018 made her realize that she wasn't living the life that she deserved to lead. And so after that quick planned vacation to Seattle, she decided to hit the reset button and completely reclaim her life. And so we want to welcome to the show today, Toxic Relationship Healing Mentor and the host of the Dear Dumb Bitch podcast, Kel Cal. Welcome, Kel. Hello. Thank you, Fallon. I am so excited to be here with you. It's, I'm so pumped to have you on the show. I love some of your messaging and also your origin story. You've got a great story about how you cured your resting bitch face. And uh, can you start by telling us a little bit about that? Absolutely. And it is quite a story, honestly, one that didn't even feel like my own life for the longest time. So I thought I was living my dream life and I couldn't understand why I was miserable. I drove a Porsche. I lived in sunny South Florida. I really thought I was driving, living my dream life, but I just wasn't happy. And I was previously married and I knew that the relationship was kind of toxic, but I didn't realize how abusive it actually was until I made the decision to leave. So uh, once upon a past life, my then abusive, now ex-husband would ask me, what's wrong with your face? Why do you look like such a bitch? And my response was always the same because at the time I still thought that I was the problem. And I would always say, I don't know, sorry, it's just my face, I'll try to change it. And I didn't realize I was just so miserable because I was settling in a relationship that was less than I actually deserved. So in 2018, I took a, what was supposed to be a two week trip to Seattle, Washington. And during that trip, I made the decision I knew in my heart and soul that I needed to make, which was to leave an emotionally abusive and really just toxic as fuck marriage. So after the trip, I flew back to South Florida. I packed my shit and garbage bags out of 
my dream home. I filed for divorce. I went broke overnight because my ex withdrew every penny we ever earned from our joint account. So naturally, my next stop was the Porsche dealership to return my car because I couldn't afford my car payments anymore. And then two days later, I was on a flight back to Washington. And I'm like, all right, I guess I live here now. Let's do this. And I was just so determined for this unexpected plot twist of life because nobody ever expects themselves to go from wanting to live happily ever after to being in an abusive marriage. But I was just so determined to not let that be the worst thing that ever happened to me and for it to somehow be the catalyst for something beautiful and a second chance and an opportunity to have a fresh start at life. And I can honestly say now, reflecting back four years later, it truly was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because it helped me become who I am today. Thank you for sharing that with us and congratulations. You know, Thank you. By saying change is so hard, it's almost impossible. And, you know, being in the space that you're in, you probably see it all the time. It's the trolls online. Um, why didn't you just leave? Why did you stay for so long? All these sorts of things. Um, I'm sure you dive into that a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what do you say to people or what should people know that are asking those types of questions? Like, why, why, why don't they just leave sooner? Yeah, that's that's a question I asked myself a million and one times. And I actually had a lot of resentment towards myself for not leaving sooner. Like, why, why did I stay for so long? Why did I continue the abuse cycle for so long? And the reality is when you're in those abusive circumstances, you, you don't have clarity on what reality is because of the control and the manipulation and the gaslighting. You are conditioned to doubt yourself. So you don't really understand how how abusive your life circumstances are and you live in fear. I can remember being so afraid to leave the relationship, yet I was simultaneously so afraid to stay in the relationship. And ultimately, it was the fear of regret that led me to take action. I wasn't sure if I was making the best decision of my life or the worst decision of my life. I could still remember thinking like, is it really as bad as I think? And in hindsight, it was, it was actually way worse. But the thought of waking up five, 10 or 15 years from then and regretting not leaving sooner was something I could not accept. I could accept making the worst decision of my life by leaving, but I could not accept regret. And that's ultimately why I left. So I think it's important for people to understand that when women or men, because men can also be in toxic circumstances, when, when someone is in an emotionally abusive relationship, they don't have a good understanding of what reality is. Their, their perception is so distorted because of the abuse cycle. That's amazing. And I think that a really good insight, because another logical question from this is how do we get ourselves into these situations? People say that hindsight's twenty twenty, and I was like, well, how could you? It's just so obvious. Um, but how do people and what sort of signs could we all look for within ourselves of how are we getting ourselves into these situations? Or what are people doing to try and trap us into these situations? Yeah, the the challenging part with emotional abuse is 
it it escalates over time. So the relationship, my relationship did not start how it ended, but there are always signs. There's always, you know, the red flags and things to look out for. And I disregarded the red flags. I knew where they were there. I thought they were home decor. I collected them. And the reason we disregard red flags and those warning signs Um, Sometimes we don't realize that they are red flags or warning signs. So it's important to educate yourself and empower yourself to notice what are some signs that perhaps a person is not a healthy partner in a relationship. Another reason that we ignore and overlook red flags is because we don't trust ourselves that we actually are identifying red flags, or perhaps we just want the relationship to work so badly because we might have underlying codependency tendencies or people-pleasing tendencies that we're prioritizing the other person above ourselves and essentially rejecting ourselves. So we make excuses for behaviors and we overlook things and we tell ourselves, well, maybe it's not that bad and we want it to work. And also simultaneously, the abuse cycle starts to develop where there is manipulation and there's love bombing and all of those things that then just really, it becomes the perfect storm for the abuse to amplify and accelerate. And there's this whole on paper concept too. I remember even personally, you get to like a certain, you've been with someone for a certain amount of time, you get around a certain age and then all the questions come. Oh, you guys are so amazing together. When are you going to get married? When are you going to have children? All this sort of stuff. And you can take stock of your life. And a lot of people say, well, it just, it looked so good on paper. I was checking all of the boxes, right? We're getting all these green checks whilst ignoring these red flags that are coming at like, am I wrong? I don't feel like I should be doing this, but everyone's telling me that this is good for me and I should do it. Do you hear that a lot? Oh, absolutely. And that's something I experienced for myself. And, you know, from the outside looking in, my life looked perfect. I lived a very privileged life. My ex was my business partner. We were very successful. We we were like the Barbie and Ken couple. We looked like we were perfectly happy, but it was all a facade. It wasn't what the reality was at home behind closed doors. And I, I was checking off all those boxes. I, you know, went to college, uh, met my husband, got married, bought a house, just doing all the things. And then I realized I'm checking boxes off of a list and I didn't even create that list. So I wasn't even really living what I wanted for my life. And also I didn't know what I wanted from life because I didn't really know myself. And I was always trying to be who I thought other people wanted me to be. And as a result, I was prioritizing other people and their needs and their expectations to the point where I lost myself. And that's really one of the reasons that I ended up in that toxic relationship for the first place, because I I didn't have a good understanding of who I was. I thought it was other people's responsibility to meet my needs and make me happy. And simultaneously, I thought it was my job to meet their needs and make them happy. And then I met my 
then abusive, now ex-husband, and I was catering to him and his life and his needs that I lost myself. And when you are in an emotionally abusive relationship, your entire sense of identity becomes attached to another person. So when that person is removed from your life, it's very disorienting because you don't know who you are. You don't know what to think. You don't know how to make decisions because all of that was controlled. And you don't even know what your own emotions are because you based your emotional system on their emotions. So it can be really challenging to navigate the aftermath. And something we, I've been lucky enough to talk to you before and something that you said in our last conversation that really resonated with me was something along the lines of, you know, when we think about relationships, we're so focused on this other person as you've mm -hmm. just talked about. But really the most important relationship that you need to have is the one with yourself. Can you yes. share with listeners a little bit about that and that mo that aha moment for you, how you realized it, and then how you started that journey to fix the relationship with yourself? Yes, yeah, I, I totally missed that life memo that not only are you supposed to have a relationship with yourself, but the relationship with yourself is the most important relationship that there is because it truly is the foundation for every other relationship in your life. And that wasn't that wasn't intuitive for me. I thought we had relationships with other people. I didn't know you were supposed to have a relationship with yourself. So it makes sense why I didn't know myself. I didn't have a relationship. And then when I left the abusive marriage, I was totally lost. I felt like a shell of a person. And I knew that I needed to regain my identity and get to know myself. And I had this vision of just going on this journey of self-love and self-discovery and becoming a priority in my own life and actually living the life that I wanted instead of the life that somebody else wanted. And, you know, just being a supporting character in their life story and actually being the main character of my own life story. So I embarked on this journey of self-love and self-discovery and I thought to myself, I really want to fall in love with myself. Like I want to give myself the love I was always looking for from other people. And then I thought, well, you don't really love somebody that you don't know, right? Like if you met a stranger on the street, you wouldn't just love them. You would have to actually get to know them first. So I'm like, okay, let me get to know myself, figure out who I am as a person and then progress to building a relationship. So that way I can actually fall in love with myself and then I can fall in love with life and live happily ever after. So I created a program for myself to guide me on my own personal journey. And I called it How I Cured My Resting Bitch Face. And it really was the, the framework for my own personal healing journey to not only heal from the trauma of the relationship, but also to heal from all of the trauma that led me to that relationship in the first place and to discover who I am as a person and to develop the sense of self-love and self-worth that I deserve because we all deserve that. We, we absolutely do. You know, as people are listening to your journey now and going, wow, I, I want that. What advice would you give to people who, who might be saying, I want that, but I'm stuck. I can't. I've, you know, the risk is too great. I've got too many people who rely on me. 
and they feel like all of the options are bad. What advice do you have for them? Yeah, I, I can still remember how impossible it feels and how it felt to make the changes I needed to make, not only within the relationship and leaving the relationship, but then starting over and rebuilding life. It can feel so impossible, but change starts with a decision. That's it. You're never going to feel ready to make a change because ready isn't a feeling, it's a choice, it's a decision, and you have to choose yourself. It's as simple as that. And if you if you look at where you wanna go, it could be totally overwhelming, but what's that next step? Focus on that next step and just know that you, you deserve it. Life is so beautiful and so magical and it all starts with believing that you deserve it. That's so nice. I love that. And it reminds me of um, something that I heard and that I really latched on to, which is, you know, people are like, how are you today? I'm surviving. You know, switching that mindset from I'm not surviving, I'm thriving. You know, yes. moving from survival to thriving is just a, a small but really important mind, sh mind shift change. Um, and I was just wondering um, how much of your success in this process can be attributed to embracing the suck, like being uncomfortable with being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like you've talked a few times of it sucked. Like I left this, I went straight to being bankrupt overnight and I had to sort of dig myself out of it. A lot of people are afraid of that. Did something change for you when you were like, this is going to suck. We're doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah, you really have to embrace the suck and celebrate the suck because I lost a lot. I lost a lot to find myself. And I, I quickly recognized that if I were to continue to focus on the past, I was going to stay stuck there. If I were was to continue to focus on everything that I lost, I just felt paralyzed with fear and doubt and uncertainty. So I really had to make the mindset shift from focusing on what I lost to focusing on what I gained. And that changed everything because you, you can't change what happens to you, but you can change how you choose to view it. And you can't change the past, but you can change your future. And it really determines what your life trajectory is because it's far less important what happens to you in life and way more important as far as what you do next because what you do next can change everything. So I really had to totally shift my entire mindset because when I left the, the toxic relationship, I realized the most toxic relationship of all was the one with myself. So I really had to do the work and do the inner healing and not only build the relationship but with myself, but reprogram limiting beliefs and change my perspective and my mindset because otherwise it was it wasn't going to change my life was not going to change because i was the common denominator in my life and i realized if i kept bringing the same version of myself to new life experiences the scenery was going to change but it wasn't going to actually feel any different i wasn't going to have that sense of freedom and happiness and confidence that i was looking for what kind of tools do you use? Because I, I know you a little bit as a person and you have some rituals and you have some things that have helped you 
on your journey? Do you have a little toolkit that you use or some rituals or something that have helped you on this journey and continue to help you today? I, I certainly do. It's actually a huge toolkit because there are so many resources that are available to not only heal from toxic relationships, but just to um, live your ideal life. So I love journaling. That's probably one of my favorite practices because it can be incredibly healing. It helps you process trauma from the relationship and from life, but it also gives you a space to build the relationship with yourself and get clarity on your future. So journaling is one of my must-haves. Meditation is another important tool that I use. I also use different somatic healing practices such as EFT tapping and affirmations and uh, just reading and listening to podcasts and movements. I have I have a huge toolbox. But if I if I could just give one tool for someone to use right now, I would say I would say journaling for sure. Beautiful. I know a lot of people who journal, and they talk about its transformative power and the ability to reflect and setting these intentions and. Um, there's something really nice about going back to a journal from years before, a little bit like a time machine, and just yes. seeing how far you've come. Um, a really beautiful tool. For folks who are sitting in this moment just feeling incredibly inspired to take their step towards freedom, whatever it is for them, can you tell us a little bit about your new program and how they might get involved? Absolutely. So RBF Recovery is the program that I initially created for myself to not only heal from the trauma of the relationship, but to build the foundation to support the life I wanted to live, the life where I felt confident and I was a priority in my life and I had that sense of freedom and happiness that I was looking for. So I initially created this program for myself and I realized it was just such a powerful resource because it transformed my life in every possible way. So it is a 12 week hybrid course and mentorship program. There are online training videos and different training modules each week. There are one-on-one -on -one support sessions with me, so that way we can actually customize the lessons. And there are tangible action items to apply on a weekly basis, because a lot of times the, the concept of you know healing and doing the work and what does that really mean? Like it can feel very abstract and it can be challenging to make it relevant and tangible and apply it to your life. So that's what we do on the one-to-one -one support sessions. There is a recovery a guidebook and workbook. There's bonus journaling prompts. There is a collection of somatic healing practices. So it's really the entire toolkit. It's everything that you need to not only heal from the trauma of the relationship, but to rebuild your life. I love that. And I just, I love the concept as well. You see people out there on their fitness journey and they're getting a, a personal trainer and a coach and all of that kind of thing. And the idea that you could partner with somebody like yourself as a mentor and a coach for that emotional and personal healing and that journey, I think it's just a wonderful service that you're out there offering to people and that people can learn from your life's experiences. I wanna say thank you so very much 
for coming and sharing your big, beautiful brain with us today and your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me and I loved our conversation today. Likewise. For all of our listeners out there, if you would like to hear more from Kel or subscribe to the Dear Dumb Bitch podcast or get access to that amazing course and her mentorship, be sure to head over to howicuredmyrbf.com or follow her on Instagram at Kel underscore Cal underscore. We'll also put those notes in the podcasting notes. Don't forget to come back each and every week to meet another amazing person. Thank you for joining us and have a beautiful day.